0: You're listening to the Viva la Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mami. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola amiga. Raising bilingual children takes a big commitment at home and as bilingual parents raising bilingual children, we want to ensure that this level of commitment extends out to the classroom, at the park, in the library, and everywhere else outside the home. That's why I have a special guest with us today. This week, we welcome Juliana Schombert, who is the owner of Bilingual Marketplace and Bilingual Garden, a platform full of resources for bilingual teachers and parents, she is a certified bilingual teacher and former dual-language educator with more than 10 years of experience. She is also a mama of a two-year-old and on a mission to connect more parents raising bilingual children to the resources they need. I have followed her social media pages for quite some time now, and it is amazing to see how she is helping fill in the gaps to provide helpful and educational information as well as resources to bilingual educators and parents. And that way we can all advocate for our bilingual children. I had a lovely conversation with her, and my hope is that you got something out of this. She shares some really great tips, and she provides some really resourceful information which are shared in the show notes. Therefore, it is my pleasure to introduce to you all to Juliana Schombert from La Mamá Bilingüe. Hola, Juliana, ¿cómo estás? Hola, Jessica. Gracias
1: por tenerme en tu podcast. Yeah.
0: Yes, of course. It is great that we have connected via social media. I just love how small the world can be as it relates to bilingualism and raising bilingual children. I just love how there is such a strong community and presence on social media. There's definitely a lot of similarities and commonalities that we have raising bilingual children. But what I love about you is that you are an expert, not just professionally, but you are a mommy as well. And so you do share a lot about specific resources that parents can utilize as they are raising bilinguals. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself before we kind of jump into the conversation? Thank you so much, Jessica. Well, my name is Juliana
1: and I am Colombian. So I came to the United States when I was 15 years old and I actually learned English in high school. And it was in high school where I also fell with teaching. So in high school, I was creating lessons for kindergarten students, and that's where I just fell in love with teaching it was also with I was the only bilingual I was learning English. So they pair me up with a bilingual kindergarten teacher. So when I heard her speak Spanish, and she was the only one at that school, and she was just so proud of her roots, she was so just proud of her culture. I was like, this is what I want to do. I now don't see learning english as oh i need to learn english to catch up to assimilate to the culture and forget my own i can Mm -hmm. use my culture to teach little kids like that's amazing so Mm -hmm. i started doing that and i did it for 10 years and then i became a mom in 2021 so two years ago already and yes i've done a lot of things in those 10 years because I saw that there was a need. Mm -hmm. There were gaps. There were things that I was like, there's nothing. I wish there was this, or I I wish there was a space for just bilingual teachers to share resources. And when I couldn't find it, I said, you know what? I'm gonna create it. Someone has Mm -hmm. to, to do it. And I just jumped in and started different platforms to help teachers, and now helping parents find yes. resources. Mm-hmm.
0: That is awesome. And as far as with like what you taught, was it a specific grade level or specific content area? what What is your background specifically in education? So
1: I, I have a degree in interdisciplinary studies with a teacher certification, so I can teach up to sixth grade. But my first teaching position was at an academy for gifted and talented students. So I became certified in gifted and talented. And since then, I actually, all of my career has been working with bilingual gifted and talented students.
0: Wow. That's like such a intersection of like different identities and lived experiences. Yes. I worked with gifted and talented
1: and bilingual students and I, yeah, I did that for 10 years. Between that time, I think it was, well, I know it was 2017 when I created a platform for teachers called Bilingual Marketplace and where teachers can share resources because you learn so much from another teacher that's teaching the same thing that you're teaching instead of someone who has never been in the classroom (laughs) and they're telling you what to do, this was the opportunity to create something for bilingual teachers. And that's how Bilingual Marketplace started.
0: Gotcha. That is awesome. And that actually leads to my question, like what really sparked your, your interest in creating that platform on social media? And is it through Teacher Pay Teacher, uh, or is it like your own sort of marketplace where you sell those resources to teachers? That's
1: a great question. Okay, so Bilingual Marketplace, it's a separate marketplace than Teachers Pay Teachers, where it's focused specifically on bilingual and dual language teachers and any language. So it doesn't have to be just English and Spanish. It can be French or, I don't know. I can't think of another language, <laughs> French, Italian, I don't know, but it's based on, on the teachers, bilingual teachers that are bilingual or that are teaching bilingual children. Now, I'm, we're, I'm separating it where, Now there's going to be two different platforms, one for teachers, which is bilingual marketplace and one that just it's it's in its beginning process it's going to be called bilingual gardens and that one is for parents, so these are the gaps that I noticed as a mom now raising a bilingual child play dates, Spanish immersion classes. Like I want resources in Spanish. I want to connect with other families that have similar goals that we do. I want my, my child to see that Spanish is not something we hide in the house. It's mm-hmm. something that we celebrate, that we connect with other people through their culture, meeting other people. So that one is a separate platform that is just, I'm just now building. That is
0: awesome. That is great, and there is such a need. I don't know if this is a local one where you're based, but it's something that we all need as people raising bilinguals around the US, especially for first-gen, second-generation parents in -hmm. this country where we still wanna hold on to our roots, our cultura, our language and it is up to us right it's our responsibility to pass that on to our children yes and my parents did a good job for the most part because i'm i'm one and a half two generation my mom was educated here from elementary school all the way to high school unfortunately she didn't go to college cuz she was undocumented my dad came here in his teens so I guess for the most part in their lives, they lived in the U.S. So mm-hmm. despite that, they did a great job where we still talk in Spanish. We ah. are still ah. very connected to our identity as Mexican-Americans. Mm-hmm. But oh, oftentimes when now it comes to like the generation where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. it's the make it or break it, right? We yes. either uphold it or it's like we assimilate and we yep. don't, you know, pursue with with the language and and continue on with the language and so resources like this i think that you will be offering especially on the parent side because again parents get to choose how they want to raise their kids what they want to do with their kids schools yes it's awesome but unfortunately as we all know our education system isn't equal And some school districts may offer dual language or bilingual programs. Others may not, where parents then feel stuck, like how I am right now. Like our local school district doesn't offer that, you know, where we live. So now we're like thinking about moving, right? So that our son can be exposed to bilingualism and continue that on. So like, what is your goal? Like, are you first planning to do that? you know just offer these resources for families in your area or are you planning to expand it a little bit more how does that look like you're speaking my language (laughs) because (laughs) as
1: a teacher i just thought oh my you know it's easy for parents to just speak spanish at home because when they came to me in kindergarten they were speaking spanish they had this amazing vocabulary and i just Did not understand until I became a mother, how hard it is and how many decisions to create an environment for your child to speak Spanish. I started with just right now locally. So I was like you, my child is not four yet, but I want her to be in like a Spanish immersion program. That's like with a place to, to send her so that she can learn with other kids and. I first it was not one that I found was extremely expensive Mm. and and then I I said you know what what if I start my own program my daughter already has friends that are needing the same thing so we can create a group and then eventually we can expand it to where other Teachers that want to teach this class can do it in their area and other moms that wanted that want to attend these classes can can go. Mm-hmm. So right now it's very local. We're in Dallas and I am teaching twice a week and I do a morning class and I do an afternoon class. And so I'm using what I learned throughout the years, but also adapting it to toddlers, which yeah it is very different because you have to move <laughs> way fast <laughs> that kinder was like no now you know working with two-year-old and th- three-year-old kids it's it's amazing but it's it's a lot <laughs> so, but creating that community so so we're doing the classes but i said well i wonder if we can do like play dates with other families that are bilinguals and i instagram is really how I found so many resources. And I found Kayla Diaz from Bilinguitos, Mm -hmm. and she has the group of play where they do a Spanish playdates. And when I saw that there wasn't one in Dallas, I said, "Okay, I am going to learn more and see how can I bring group of play to Dallas? And so I am the lead group of play leader for Dallas. I find Spanish story times from the library and like share it, and that that is really the reason why I started the Instagram, mm-hmm. um, which my friend actually was my teacher friend was the one who came up with the name, and it's a space to share like the journey while helping others, but also because. I'm creating a community. Just like I did with teachers, now that I'm out of the classroom, education is extremely important to me. So I am moving into two worlds, the teacher and the mom. So mm-hmm. before they get to school and then when they get to school, so so yes, I, it's like I'm, I'm managing two different worlds, but it's the same goal
0: yes. of raising bilingual children. That is awesome. I love it. And yes, like even though it's very niche to the Dallas area, I'm sure that you can, you're making an impact for perhaps other moms or parents to do something similar to what you're doing and you're kind Mm -hmm. of creating that model for them. And I think that that is so great. I, I love how you're putting in your expertise as a former teacher, you know, like I guess, like full-time former teacher because you're still a teacher Mm -hmm. and that I love it. You're applying your skills and expertise, but also you're relating it to like how you're parenting now a bilingual child. And I think that that is very impactful too. So I love it. And as far as with you sharing those bilingual resources to to parents through your platform, La Mami Bilingue, mm-hmm. what do you share in addition to books, right? You, you do like book reviews, which is awesome. Porque <laughs> there's, I don't know, I feel like there has always been a scarcity as far as with like, what is available. And now I feel like there's more and more, which can be overwhelming, right? We never know what is a book that is considered appropriate, especially on the translation side of things. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So like you said, I share book reviews every
1: week. And it was because of that. I've always loved bilingual books because that's what I that every day with my kindergarten students, we would have a read aloud. It was all centered about books and themes. And I've slowly started like curating. I knew that I was gonna be a mother one day. It was a long journey, but I was like one. I would buy books for my students, but I would, I would keep them for my home library. So I've been collecting them three years. And I said, Okay, now I have all these books, but what is one way that I can share it with other parents that are looking for books like this, because I'm always having conversations about Oh, there's a book about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, maybe I can share it on Instagram, I can do one book per week. And something that relates to this age group. So yes, I do a book review one, per week. Then I also teach what I do in the outside classes and the outdoor classes. And I also share resources that I found helpful. Like I recently found an app that has little short stories, but everything is in Spanish. And oh. I'm like, other oh, parents need this. So Quintología, which is a platform of short stories for kids. And for, you know, if they're scared or if they want to go for them to go to sleep or anxiety, like there's so many things. So anyway, I share things that I know other bilingual parents are looking for or sometimes that you don't even think you need (laughs) and then you're like,
0: this is perfect. I can use this this way or that way. Yes, yes. Like, for example, for us, we're going on vacation in a couple of days, and this will be D's, my son's, like, first airplane ride. And I'm just like thinking, oh my gosh, like, where can I find an app that is bilingual friendly, pero también que it doesn't require like roaming or data, right? Yes. While on the plane. So if you have any resources, let me know. <laughs> i can think of
1: a few things yes yeah so like things like the like traveling with a so i think it's it's the motherhood journey which is you you're experiencing new things with your baby Mm -hmm. and also you need resources and you want to know what other people are doing that has worked for them so my daughter has been on an airplane before we when she was nine months but now that she's two it's a completely different <laughs> it's completely different so so yeah like when you when you said that i instantly thought oh, okay maybe they can buy those the window clings they really like those and then he can play with them he can play with that there's also a player called the yoto player i have a yoto player which is it's basically like a walkman <laughs> <laughs> we grew up with a CD player. Okay maybe CD player. <laughs> and it only has two buttons and you can record your own voice and I record myself reading a book and then she can listen to me reading the book. I also record her saying different words and so she can hear herself and it it has music and it has podcast and you can control it from your phone. <laughs>
0: That is so cool. I've never heard of that. Oh, yes. I need See, it's on my
1: to-do list to share it, how I use that device yeah. as a bilingual parent and how mm-hmm. there's so many ways that you can use it yeah. to input more Spanish. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yes, because as we know it, like, language is so important. It's not just watching a tv or hearing abuelita talk right it's like how can we apply spanish in everyday life yes yes as a parent raising a bilingual child and as you are a dual language educator as well like how are you filling in the gaps of those resources, right, that oftentimes parents or even educators are trying to find? So
1: I separate both, you know, the educational system and all the gaps that we still have in bilingual education Mm -hmm. and what teachers need and the resources that they need to teach to create this environment for their kids. I think I come in as for teachers is learning from what other teachers are when you think that you know everything, that's when you stop learning. So I created a conference for teachers that's virtual and we do this every year in the summer where teachers learn from each other. And, and it's always changing and there's always new ones. And so you need to stay updated with new terms, educational terms, and you also need to know how programs are evolving. Mm. So we do this every year. It's, it's a big community of teachers learning from each other. And also the resources that teachers create that they share on Bilingual Marketplace. And as far as for parents, I found a lot of gaps and I think there's even more but I won't find out about them until my daughter like I'm finding out as she grows. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, I knew that I wanted to speak to her in Spanish, it was very important to me, but my husband doesn't speak Spanish. So it's sitting down with him creating a plan what what is the goal for daughter, I want my daughter to communicate with my aunts and my cousins in Colombia, Mm -hmm. in Spanish, I want her to read and write in Spanish. So setting like a specific goals, and working with your partner. That's, I think that's the first step. And then the second step was finding classes for parents in Spanish, because there are so many programs out there that are funded by the government, but if nobody uses them, they're going to cut them. That's mm. the first thing that they cut. So going to classes, then finding other families that are doing the same thing. I think I come in right now, I, I feel like I'm impacting a very, like my local community, which is Dallas. But I, I do see that this can grow into having Spanish immersion classes for toddlers and for for kids that Mm -hmm. are affordable and that are not this only for it's it's like they were meant not for a community exactly yes i totally get it yeah yeah it's like they don't want someone that speaks spanish that has the culture Mm -hmm. to be there and they make them so Pricey. And mm-hmm. so it's first of all, it's making them affordable, making them accessible. Uh, so I don't have a classroom. And I said, okay, that's great. I want to teach my daughter and her friends, but I, they can't come to my house because 15 cars. <laughs> I think I don't have space for 15 cars. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I go to story time at the library. I wonder what they do with the auditorium and the classrooms Mm. when we're they're not doing that. So I started researching and now I'm teaching at a public library. That's my classroom. That's awesome. (laughs) And so it's researching and and just not be afraid. Just I sometimes think like, oh my gosh, why did I this is a lot of work, right? (laughs) But I think I, I just kind of when I see there's a need I don't wait until it's available I just do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. so so I think that's that's how that's how things are created by someone saying okay no it's not available I'm gonna create something and then you can evolve it into into make it more impactful it will yes. evolve
0: yes. Yes. So. I just love how much creativity you have and and I think it's based off of la necesidad and and that is such a common thing with bilingual educators or experts I've interviewed a speech language pathologist mm-hmm. she found a need to grow her business and provide resources for SLPs and teachers mm-hmm. who you know cater to that specific population. I've also interviewed an owner from the first like Spanish bilingual playroom in Chicago, which for me, it's like so mind boggling. But I'm just like, you know, I'm glad that we are in in this generation of millennials. I feel like for the most part, I think that we can identify as millennials. Like, I think we are paving the way towards creating more awareness trying to literally see what the need is and finding out different ways to cater to the bilingual community, because again, it is almost like our responsibility to pass that on to our children, especially if you want to be intentional, especially if we want to be very purposeful in our bilingual parenting. I'm glad that you are filling in those gaps one step at a time and hopefully through your platform, you can also empower other educators or parents to start out the way that you did too, right? Like the library thing, I'm like, whoa, you can do that at your library? <laughs> because there's definitely gaps at my local library. <laughs> That's really how, how it started because... I
1: was like, there's only one Spanish story time and it's not even in my city and I have to drive all the way. It's just, if you see a need, just see who you can talk to. And and they looked at me like, I don't, nobody has asked that before or, but do you have this or do you have, th-? I'm like, I don't, but let me find out how I can get that paper or that form or what you need to do to do it. But like you said, it's just being intentional. And when, when you're doing it for your kids, it's also it's your
0: (laughs) Do you think that we have come a long way in exposing our bilingual children to like literacy, culture and language in regards to the gaps that you know, we still need to fill? Do you think that there's anything missing? Or you think we're going into the right direction?
1: I feel like we go back and forth It's like 40 years or 60 years ago where like Spanish was seen as a bad thing at schools and you, you know, you hear stories of grandfathers that said that would say, if I spoke Spanish, I would get beaten or Spanish in public was seen as a bad thing and the language oppression and that's why I didn't pass down my language because I didn't want you to experience the same thing so I coming from that we've come a long way but at the same time with everything that's going on in the world I I feel like it it goes back and forth and Mm -hmm. and that's why it's up to us to continue or work. And you and your family are making an impact. So you don't have to have a platform or be on social media. But by you passing down your culture to your child and passing down your language, you are creating the next generation that is going to continue to make things better. I, I feel like there's still a lot of room for different voices. And we need more voices like us. We need to, we need to see, we want our children to see us in everywhere so that they can see themselves reflected and they, so that they have
0: good models to follow. Yes, absolutely. How can bilingual families like advocate for their children in settings outside of the home? So you definitely mentioned in the beginning where it's like, Okay, we we do a great job indoors, you know, within our own household. Mm-hmm. But once they immerse themselves out there, we break the little shell for them even at the beginning when they are in story time at 6 months or swim lessons at 12 months, right? When it comes to all these awesome resources that are often provided in our park districts, the library, schools, If there isn't anyone that speaks the language, how can a family advocate for their bilingual child?
1: When it comes to school and bilingual programs that your district offers, I feel like there were some programs disguised as bilingual, but in reality, they were just trying to get English and and forgetting the Spanish and almost erasing the Spanish. So, which is like an early exit model where, you know, they start with Spanish and then every year is less Spanish. And by the time they're in fifth grade, there's no Spanish. So when they go to middle school or high school, they have to take a Spanish class because they forgot what, they, they didn't have Spanish for all those years. So finding out the programs that are available in your area, finding one that you like. And then if there's not one, writing to districts, joining the PTA. So being involved and seeing how advocating means just being informed Mm -hmm. of what is happening in your district. Is this available for bilingual students? What are we doing with the bilingual programs? And then doing the same, even if you're not, if your child is not school age. So my daughter is two and I am finding out programs that they have and I ask is this available in Spanish? Is there is there a plan to have this available in Spanish? So I, I email museums or libraries or different programs that you see that um just asking sometimes it's just asking because they may have it available but they don't advertise it or they're Mm -hmm. like no but you're the 10th person that asks if this is going to be in spanish we're actually going to make one so Mm -hmm. sometimes they just need to know that there's a need so i would say ask ask
0: and be be involved yes that is awesome and thank you for that reminder I guess that it is very important for us to use our voices that's why Mm -hmm. we are civic people in this society in this country and there's nothing like literally advocating for our children by voicing out our concerns or asking questions literally amplifying our voices so that we are not forgotten (laughs) and it is very easy for these different systems that are in place, whether it be schools, government, it is very easy for them not to even think about the importance of bilingualism because that has always been that standard, right, of like English and Americanism yes. and, you know, all of that ideology yes. behind it. And yes, cre- great, great. We, we are a part of this country. But being that we are in this country, we have the freedom to speak more than one language and yes. And it's a good thing. And it's
1: not, I feel like, I felt weird speaking to my daughter in Spanish when she was first born. First, because I'm so used to speaking English with my husband and I, Mm. I, my mom is no longer alive. So I don't have that connection to like abuelita or an abuelito. Mm. And so it's just me that is responsible to pass down everything that I learned about with my mom and all the costumes and everything. And I felt weird speaking Spanish, and it just didn't feel natural until I think it it was practice but it was connecting with other families that are doing the same when I came to the United States I was 15 and it was that need to assimilate and to not speak Spanish so that I could speak English and now now it's it's the opposite is being proud that I speak two languages and showing my daughter because our children are watching us so uh, now, when we go to the store or when we go anywhere, I just speak Spanish. Like I only speak Spanish to my daughter. And yes, I get the looks and it, they used to bother me. And I have a response ready. If somebody says, speak English, this is America. I already have it. I'm like, I'm waiting for someone to say that so I can answer. Me too. I answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So I, I feel empowered and I feel like my daughter is seeing that it's, it's almost like I'm normalizing it. It's not a big deal to speak English and Spanish. And, mm-hmm. and now my daughter is speaking Spanish to my husband and now my husband's learning Spanish and he's reading to her in Spanish. And seeing that is, I can't wait to see that, how it
0: evolves yes. in a few years yes i love it and so now we're going to shift gears and i'm going to ask you the viva la mami questions and so what still surprises you about being a mommy
1: that i am a mommy so it amazes me that i am a mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is one tip of advice that you have for a latina mommy the best tip is to know that you are not
1: alone you're not the only latina mommy out there there's so many of us that want to talk <laughs> that want to create a community so so find find a friend find someone that you connect with and and know that you're not going through this alone mm-hmm. so you're Find another Latina mommy. That's my best tip. <laughs> yes,
0: Yeah, and what better way to like just connect, right? I didn't know that your daughter is so close in age to mine. I thought for some reason, I thought she was like a little older. And yeah, like now I can connect with someone else who has a child yeah. similar to my child's age. And it doesn't have to be a local mommy. It can be anyone, but I yes. I totally Feel that there is this strong sense of connection when you can relate especially when it comes to your identity especially as you're raising bilingual children in this case right i think it's so powerful yeah
1: yeah actually yeah find a latina mommy with with a baby that's closer to your age because you're gonna go through stages together and so you can you can see if something that works for your child may work for your friends Friend's child too.
0: I'll make sure to reach out to you, especially yes, on bilingual me. resources. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alrighty. Yeah. And final question: What is your meaning of motherhood? Wow, that one is a very
1: deep question. I I feel like for me, I was raised by a single mother, and she just taught me so much. And for me, it's continuing her legacy and Mm -hmm. in sharing with my daughter, that connection, that strong connection that I had with her. So for me, it's like, it's a responsibility to create that same bond that my mom created to continue her traditions. My mom was really funny and she, she had like a joke for everything and she had a lot of dichos, which I don't have, I have to read and connect with other Colombian moms so that I can remember what those teachers were so that I can teach them to my daughter. So it's, it's a continuation of life and it's a responsibility, but it's the most enjoyable process, which sometimes it's hard. but. That's my legacy. I love
0: your answer. And thank you so much for sharing. And it's in a way how even though your mom isn't here with you, you have that connection and you are upholding her memory and you are honoring her through your own mothering. You yes. know, it's just so interwoven and and I love it. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Juliana, where can people follow you?
1: so okay so if you are a bilingual teacher you have to go to bilingual marketplace because we are preparing a new conference and i know you're gonna love it so go to bilingual marketplace for that and if you are a mom that wants to know about resources and and just different things i i it's, it's, it's not just about bilingual. We, I, we also like to be outside. We also, I like to share tips and tricks of things that I found and things that I learned from other moms like you. So I'm on Instagram as La Mami Bilingue.
0: Perfect. Yes. And I'll make sure to share your links and other resources that were talked about in this podcast in the show notes. And that way people can follow you. Well, Juliana, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mani podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media, or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.